and welcome to Know Your True Self, a show dedicated to raising the consciousness of humanity. I'm James. Hey, I'm Samantha. And as you can probably hear in my voice, I have a little bit of sniffleitis, a little bit of a cold I'm still getting over. So I'm going to put Jim in the hot seat here and ask him some questions that you might be wondering just to help you get to know him a little bit better. So I'll be talking a bit less today, but asking all of the pressing questions so we can get to the root of who is Jim Petrassi beyond the host of this podcast? And uh, disclaimer, I have not seen these questions in advance, so we'll see what wonderful questions Samantha has come up with and what responses are elicited from those questions. And we'll do this in more of a rapid fire format, so I won't be digging into each response, just letting him organically respond to each question and then moving on to the next so let's keep it light to start. Let's talk about what's your favorite food? What's something you would love to eat over and over and over? Yeah, I really love Chinese dumplings. I think my favorite dumpling house is definitely Namwa Tea Parlor in Chinatown in New York City. Unfortunately, over the years, I've developed a gluten intolerance, so I haven't been able to eat them, but I can still taste it. I still have the memory of how delicious all of those dumplings are, how wonderful they are. Hopefully, as my stomach heals over time and I get back to New York, I'll be able to enjoy them again. What is a song or movie that you could play on repeat? I just can't get enough by Depeche Mode. Something about it just keeps me going. Maybe I just can't get enough of it, but definitely a song that I love to listen over and over. And if there was a movie, it would definitely be the 1980s cult classic Rad Racing if you're familiar with it, epic story of a BMX race coming to a small town and Crew Jones winning it all against all odds against the Mongoose team. Uh, really awesome story and continues to inspire me to have a ton of fun on my BMX bike today. What are the one to three books that have influenced your life the most? Definitely A Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Uh, amazing story. Just uh, his ability to find meaning in life and visualize a positive outcome coming out of the Holocaust and, and then going back into universities and teaching what he learned. A truly inspiring story of the human spirit. I also love uh, the classic How to Win Friends and Influence People really teaches you the core principles of how to connect with people and how to really embrace, have empathy, appreciate, and look beyond yourself and putting other people's first. And that's a great classic by Dale Carnegie. And I'll leave it at those two. I can't think of a third that's sticking out to me right now. What's a physical object that brings you joy? my body <laughs> don't take that the wrong way but I think like it made me uh almost emote thinking about it like the physical nature of myself brings me joy that I'm able to be in this vessel participating in life having feelings sensations emotions being able to use my senses is remarkable to have taste like the body contains so much. I mean, it allows us to do so much. And without it, I would just be consciousness out in space, which I'm sure is remarkable as well. But here for the human experience, I'd say the body is like the ultimate form of like material good that we have. 
What about something that you could buy or that someone could buy? I don't know an answer to that. Sometimes no answer is just as telling as an answer. What gets you the most excited about life? Waking up in the morning and just realizing you're alive. I think like the moments where your consciousness comes back. You've been in a deep sleep and you come out of a dream state or a deep slumber and you know you sort of stretch out and you open your eyes and here you are in this magnificent world. The ability then to have a glass of water and nourish yourself like these are life sustaining things that we're so fortunate to have and those small moments just hearing the birds chirping i can hear them outside right now the feeling of life the feeling of being part of life um, is something remarkable that we should all be inspired about I mean, it really excites me uh, when i when i start the day what are you feeling most grateful for right now uh, having this discussion with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your biggest fear? Fear is a, a difficult emotion. I think one of my biggest concerns is just seeing where humanity is evolving to. And I'm uh, fearful of how people's addiction to social media is affecting them, not as an individual but also as a collective consciousness. Now, the great thing about that fear is fear can propel us into higher levels of consciousness. So the fear I have over people's addictions to social media is actually helping me create new programming and ways to help people release that addiction and release that connection to the feed to reconnect with themselves, other people, and the true nature of reality. What is something quirky about you? I like to make up songs. <laughs> um, for no particular reason. I think whenever something happens in life, sometimes I just like to make up like a song or a rap or a rhyme or something. And the songs last for a short period of time. They might you know, come into my consciousness and it's a way for me maybe to express something that I need to express and they're usually quite funny, at least I think so. They have a lot of levity to them. But then that song just disappears and, you know, the next moment, the next day, a new song comes in and I never think to write them down. I just feel like there's a almost internal playlist to life that gets inspired by all of the moments that I have. When you're in a funk or feeling a little bit down, how do you get out of it? I mean, I like to play. You know, play comes in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's throwing on that movie Rad Racing I talked about and going on a BMX ride. Other times play is walking down the street and there's a pond of turtles and imagining what it's like to be them and connecting with them and maybe feeding them some bread. Other times it could be flying a kite. It's like almost kite season here in Austin again, and that's exciting to do. I think any time that I release myself from really active brainwave states and put myself in a theta state of consciousness that comes from play and I connect with my inner spirit which is always youthful always wants to have fun and releases all of those thoughts those worries those fears that are surfacing from my mind so play 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 and more play is the name of the game <laughs> 
What's something that your close friends and family know about you that someone who just met you or more of an acquaintance wouldn't know? I have a family nickname that was given to me when I was uh, probably about two or three years old of Jimmy Honey. And Jimmy Honey has stuck around for a long time. People in my family often refer to me as Jimmy Honey as a form of love and also jest. What's something that people would be surprised to learn about you? I think people would be surprised to realize how unserious I can come across at times because I am so playful, but how dedicated and focused and serious I am about the impact I want to leave on this world and all of the work that I do. And that's a big tension that I feel like people have to understand between my unbridled enthusiasm for life and excitement with my dedication, perseverance, and relentlessness to achieve as much as I can in the goals that I have. What is one of the best decisions you've ever made? Well, getting married to you, (laughs) but also um, definitely quitting drinking. I quit drinking almost three years ago, and It's really strange how much we abide by what we believe social norms are supposed to be, what we see in the media, what we see in TV. And, you know, when make a decision to release something from your life that innately doesn't really serve you, you serve it. It really opens you up and opens up your consciousness and removes a lot of blocks. And I feel like quitting drinking has really helped me on this journey of helping other people raise their level of consciousness because I'm that much more connected to universal energy, universal consciousness, that field that we're all part of and tapping into it has become so much easier. What advice would you have for your younger self? Keep doing what you're doing. You know, you make mistakes along the way, but it's because of those mistakes and because of those successes that It's enabled me to get here today, so I wouldn't change a thing. What advice would you have for the younger generation right now, Gen Z, maybe someone just entering college? You really have to connect with your true self, and connecting with your true self means relinquishing your addiction to social media. No one should be spending three hours a day on social media, let alone up to nine hours a day, It's disintegrating your self-worth. It's impeding your ability to have sexual relationships with other people in your age group. And it's putting you in a constant state of fear, worry, despair. And unfortunately, there's no regulations against it. And it goes back to, you know, the 1940s when cigarette advertisements were for kids. The Flintstones were advertising cigarettes and eventually we took all of the learning about cigarettes and addiction and how it harmed us and we put measures in place it's going to take a long time for measures to be put in place on social media use because there's so much money behind it and so many politicians and individuals and companies and entities are invested in it it's up to you on an individual basis, you inspire your friends, get off the feed, reconnect with each other, 
get in touch with the true nature of reality. It's right in front of you. The feed is destructive and it masquerades as a place of connection. And there is a source of connection there, but it's to be used as a tool, not as a reality. You have the power within you to take an active role in your evolution. And being an active role in your own evolution is not being addicted to something else. You can't have some device constantly telling you what you need to do. These are things you need to figure out for yourself. And when you start to do that, you start to become more self-aware. The more self-aware computers are becoming and algorithms are becoming, the more your self-awareness decreases. You need to rise above the algorithm, release it, and take back control of what makes you special. Your self-awareness your consciousness, the ability to observe your thoughts, your emotions, your behaviors, and not identifying with them, but understanding where they're coming from and understanding that the source of peace, joy, contentment is inside of you and all around you. It is consciousness. So if that's advice for younger folks, what advice would you have for people that are nearing the later stage of their life? Let's say people in their 60s to 80s, what would they need to contemplate right now? Continue to find balance in life. You know, no matter what stage of life you're in, you always have lessons to learn and you always have to find ways to bring your energy system into balance. And Everyone has different challenges that arise at different moments in your life. And just because you're nearing the end of life doesn't mean you're not still growing spiritually. So always look to grow, develop, nurture your talents. And, you know, you have a unique opportunity as someone that's aging to have a positive impact on the lives of younger generations and mentoring goes both ways. So be open to new possibilities. Be open to suggestions. We don't have to put generational gaps between us. What makes us flourish as a species is tapping into the collective intelligence and not judging each other, but sharing knowledge, wisdom in a circular manner that's going to help each other because we all need each other to learn and grow and evolve while we're here on Earth. Which of your life experiences has shaped you the most? Definitely my heart procedures. I had two heart procedures when I was in high school, and it just brought me close to the idea of death. And to go through those was an eye-opening experience to the beauty of life. I think, you know, you talk to anyone that's had a near-death experience, and in those experiences, they're so awakened to the beauty of everything that's around us. Now, I didn't have a near-death experience from a clinical standpoint, but from a spiritual standpoint, to have to face the possibility of going into something knowing that you've signed a living will and you might not come out, that's facing it. And I think facing that on a couple different occasions brought me new levels of gratitude on just how precious what we have here is and how important it is just to really come at this world with enthusiasm and love and joy and have an amazing time. I mean, this is such a remarkable experience that we have and the heart, you know, forms before our brain. So 
even getting to the heart, you know, it's a, a dangerous place to have a have an issue um, because it's our source of love. But fortunately, I, I made it through those. But it's something that has impacted me in a, in such a positive way throughout the years, and I often reflect on how grateful I am that I was able to to get past that. Aside from that experience, what is a great challenge that you've overcome? At a young age, I had a really bad temper, and I could let my emotions get the best of me, and it took a lot of training and development and practice to realize how to not react in certain ways and throughout life you know as someone that's an emotional person and I've really had to to harness my ability to practice thought observation and not attach myself to the emotions that are coming from my mind but to observe them and the ones that aren't serving me let them pass and that takes a lot of work it's taken years of practice to raise my level of consciousness enough that I'm not identifying with any of those negative emotions when they surface. Now I feel them. Sometimes I feel them, but I can't identify with them. So I think overcoming that, overcoming with the identification of the unconscious mind, I mean, during that process, I definitely got into a little bit of an existential crisis because you go into that feeling of, well, who am I? (laughs) If I'm not my thoughts, who am I? If I'm not the things I like, who am I? If I'm not the culture I was brought up in, who am I? I mean, the spiritual nature of our existence is boundless. It can't be put into a name or a culture or your likes and your interests or the groups you belong to. But over time, you find peace in that and you find a welcoming in that. And it's not that you don't enjoy what's here on earth. It's that you're not attached to it you're not attached to it in a way where you need it i guess that's why there isn't a material item i could think about right now that i would want because what i have is enough and what i need will come my way it's not about desire it's about appreciation so extremely important lessons that i've had to learn around my own growth and um, and channeling emotions to raise my level of consciousness Sometimes failure can be a great teacher. What is a failure that you've learned from in life? I don't know if I've seen any failures. I think I've only seen successes. You know, failure is a word that we like to use when something didn't go as we planned. But when something hasn't gone as I've planned, a new door has always opened that's taken me down an opportunistic pathway that's been even more fruitful than I expected. So... In planning life, I've just found that go after what you believe in, stay focused, stay committed, and be open to those detours, those side routes that might push you into a new trajectory that can be extremely rewarding. So everything that I've uh, had in life has been based on opportunity. Some might see one of those situations as a failure, but There is no such thing as failure. There's only opportunity. It's how you perceive the path that you're on and how open you are to changing directions. And I think my openness to finding the opportunity pathway was something that was instilled on me from a very young age from my father. So I'm 
always looking for the opportunity in every experience because that will continue to guide you on the path of success because life is ever evolving. Stay on the journey and seek the opportunities in every moment. Who's your greatest role model and why? My dad, Robert Petrassi, has been my greatest role model. He introduced me to so much knowledge into the intersection of science, psychology, spirituality, uh, philosophy at a young age, got me interested in studying psychology, organizational communications. I worked with him growing up from the ages of 11 to 26. I was doing international consulting with him. And then after we stopped working together, we partnered for years, um, at least a decade or more, exploring the true self. He would always share all of his books that he read. He would share notes. We would discuss them. It was like I had access to a wealth of knowledge and someone that was in a continual learning process that could distill information for me and give it to me in a way that I liked to learn. I'm not a traditional reader, so for him to be able to distill books put them into notes, integrate concepts together, really gave me the foundation to um, succeed in business and my former career in marketing and advertising and people development. And then also in the creation of Know Your True Self, PTNL, and everything that I'm doing today has been a, a wonderful, wonderful role model. And to wrap it up with one final question, if you could say one thing to all of humanity and it would be heard, what would you say? It takes a lot of courage to operate at higher levels of consciousness, a ton of courage. And to find that courage, you really have to look inward. You really have to explore the nature of yourself. You have to understand where your thoughts are coming from, how all of the memories are stored in your mind, how you have a filtered lens, a view of reality, and see what's holding you back in life. See what's blocking you from finding the truth. See what's holding you back from realizing your potential and have the courage to make change. Have the courage to make a lifelong commitment to learning, knowing, and realizing your true self. That is where our true potential lies. And the knowledge, the wisdom, the tools, they're available. You really just have to put them into practice on a moment-to-moment -moment basis every day of your life. And you're going to have setbacks. That's fine. But stay the course. Know your true self. Well, thank you so much, James, for revealing those sometimes personal aspects of your life. I think I've learned more about you as your wife, and I'm sure our listeners have learned more too. Um, if you're listening and you also have any follow-up questions for us, please don't hesitate to reach out, ask us questions. If there's anything that you want us to cover in an upcoming episode, we would love to make this interactive and answer any questions that you have or any topics that you want to hear more about. So thank you, James, and thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. We'll see you next week.